Welcome to Collector's Corner, the premier digital art platform. We help collectors gain and maintain their edge, all while appreciating beautiful art. Let's jump in. Good afternoon, everybody. It is Thursday, December 29th. This is another episode of Cornering the Market, where we ambitiously try to cover all the gen art news, collections, exciting new drops, everything you want to know. My name is P. You may know me online as Aston Cloud. I'm joined by my co-host, Jared, who you may know as Jared underscore pause. How are you doing today, man? Doing really well, man. Uh, living the dream as always, and really trying to get some of these wrapped ETH bids in by the end of the year and capitalize on opportunity. That's become a little bit frustrating and and really setting up deals for the new year. Jared is always foreshadowing something we'll be talking about. Well, not as always, but I hear you. It seems like people are not so willing to give up their gen art. And, you know, before we jump in, I'll tell you a little story. I was chatting with a friend who mentioned that they went on a lot of different spaces across the Web3 arena, different NFTs, PFPs. Um, I think also some like domain names, like ENS domains, that kind of stuff. And apparently it's really not going well in other sectors of the NFT world. And people are getting quite frustrated. And I, I realize we're in a bubble, like we are privileged to be in the gen art space, which many say is the best community within Web3, like as a kind of, you know, the way, however you delineate that as a community. So, uh, and clearly there's a lot of attention and prices are going up. So it's exciting and I feel blessed to be in the gen art space. So exciting episode today, because we're also going to recap our uh, gen art 2022 awards, Twitter spaces that we did. So uh, definitely stay tuned for that. That's going to be one of our first stories, but we, as always start with the market and uh, just a tiny bit of house cleaning. This is a audio only episode. We'll have it up on YouTube, but won't have anything for you to see there, unfortunately, but we will have a tweet thread that links to everything that we talk about and we'll have a newsletter coming out with more stories. Please go ahead and like, subscribe, follow, comment. Let us know what you think. We love to hear from you. We appreciate your support. And with that out of the way, let's jump in. Starting off with the macro as always. And uh, I, I won't belabor it this time. I know folks like to get to the art. So Really quickly, it's it's mostly flat. We're down about a percent to a percent and a half on Bitcoin and Ethereum. Uh, Tezos getting kind of hammered, man. Uh, down to seventy one cents. Down ten, another eleven percent on the week. So that Tezos art is getting cheap, and I know that's something that people worry about. And look, this is this is why we talk about it. You know, if you've spent a lot of money in Tezos, the value of that in U.S. dollars is at the moment going down, um, which is I know a little bit disconcerting, but. Overall, it feels like the macro picture hasn't significantly changed. It's just a bit of a slow bleed and probably people losing interest a little bit. Do you have any thoughts or anything to add to that, Jared? Uh, really, really a lot of sideways action. It's not showing a lot of strength or a lot of weakness. I mean, similar sentiment as last week, just just waiting for that uh, that move to indicate where where we're really headed. But, you know, there's a lot of discussion in Grailers about the, the Tez price and if it drops. I mean, I hate to say it, but I get excited because that means a lot of great art at affordable prices that I'm, I feel confident will have its moment in return, especially in USD value. Yep. I agree with that. And it, it you know, it probably will affect some volumes on Tezos as people wait to see what that uh, XTZ USD price gets down to. So that's something to watch. Let's go ahead and check out the art side of things. Now uh, we start with Ethereum. 
kind of our uh, blue chip art, as we call it. So more established collections to get a pulse on the market. And uh, looking at nftpricefloor.com, top sales in the last week, uh, number of sales, 27 in Chromie Squiggles, and then 23 with QQL Mint Passes, which uh, apparently are selling a lot. I don't see too many of these sales, but that's happening. And then uh, again, the GM Studio, Mind the Gap in third place with 21, and then Factura with 11. So seeing some some solid movement there. And in terms of floor price changes, uh, pigments, the Artbox Curate is up 80%, up to 1.8 Ether floor. Then Century, another Artbox Curate, up to 2.19 Ether floor, 36%. Anticyclone up 29%, up to 9.69 Ether floor. And really the floor is closer to, to 10 on that. It's probably just a, something on looks rare, perhaps a stolen one that is, is pulling that down here on these stats. But overall, not a crazy amount of sales. It, it seems pretty slow and steady here. Uh, I haven't seen too many really high price point grail sales either. Any thoughts on the Ethereum side, Jared? Anything you've noticed? I've not seen any grail sales per se, but you know, I think that uh, you know, literally watching a sales feed in a 35 ETH gazer just you know ticked across. So I think that there's still a lot of consistent buys, and for those in the market, I mean, there's there's really good entry points. Nothing like crazy exciting this week. Yep, agree with that. A couple of gazer sales actually, both the thirty-five ether range in the last day. So some some big sales there certainly. And I know that there have been some Fidenza sales recently. I uh, I don't know if there's been a ringer, but I know a uh, Fidenza was eighty-five wrap ETH the other day. So certainly some some stuff going on there. You want to talk us through FX hash? We're seeing on the Tezos side. Yeah, for for Tezos, I you know was. Um, there's really no large concentration of sales. Nobody's like blatantly leading. I mean, there's a, a good spread. Obviously, you have the past ahead that released that is leading the the seven day sales, and then you have some new projects like boxes and geomorphism that are in the top ten. Um, obviously, I love landlines or landlines uh, project foe, but again, a good splashing across a lot of projects. I think it's exciting to see uh you know all of the sales spread across it um in such a interesting dynamic and I, i'm actually find myself scrolling uh through the i'll call it the top 50 and there's just a lot of action on a lot of really great projects that seem to be seeing some consistent volume yeah and one thing for the listeners that i've been doing that i think has a, been a great uh, art discovery mechanism in the past week is just you go to fx hash you just go to the main page, click on marketplace at the top, and it takes you to the highest volume in the last seven days. But just go to the last 24 hours and see what's being bought. Sometimes you'll just see one or two pieces from a collection, but it can help you discover that collection. And the last day, uh, Ruddick Sane, who we highlighted last week, so you know, slight uh, slight call out to ourselves for, for calling it, but uh, Ruddick Sane who dropped Hypnagogic recently, which is an Ethereum-based drop, but it's just absolutely stunning, is, is set off a run of his, or her, sorry, I don't I don't know what they go by, but um, set a run of their work on FX Hash, just tons of their collections are starting to move. And you look at them, you're like, wow, there's some really, really nice art in the, uh, you know, within our great art and great, uh, great prices framework that's just out there. And so it's been really fun for me to collect that FX hash recently. It's you and I were talking about it off camera or off recording. 
it's just really been so much art that's just nice and it, it it's i don't know i'm really really enjoying it man yeah and i think that that's what's really exciting is you can start to to collect and see some of these trends when you're tracking that 24 uh hour page it's kind of one of the hacks that i have to to start looking at stuff and who's moving how they're moving and uh especially if you're momentum trading it's a good way to hop into it for sure for sure well let's go on to the squiggle update what's been going on in the uh, squiggle world it's been an exciting week actually the the floor is currently at 15 eth which is a 1.7 eth increase from the last market report there's an exciting 410 ETH in volume. That's up 120 ETH from last week. And that represents 27 sales, as you talked about. So, I mean, I think that's about three weeks right now of ticking off, um, as in counting, you know, sales in the in the mid to high 20s. So I'm super excited um, about what is happening with Squiggles. I think that the charts are lining up with it to have that momentum. Uh, a couple of notable sales for the last seven days is there's a really, uh, I don't want to call it being floored, but at 16.5 ETH, there was a low color spread that was from a secret Santa thing that, um, you know, one of the guys that I connected with, Jordan Lyle, set up. And it was kind of like a 3,000 entries, like one in 3,000 got it. So somebody floored it to take profits on that. Um, but something that I'm really noticing is lots of slinky sales. You know, I think as the floor increases, People are picking uh, those up at or near the floor. And then there's a, another point that I'm really following right now is the floor for fuzzies is ridiculously thick at between 19 and 20. So anybody on the hunt for fuzzies, those are starting as the floor increases, you're going to start to see those become you know less of a multiple and maybe more attractive. Um, but you know, I, I put a tweet out about this a couple of days ago, something that's really interesting is, you know, when we're talking about 25 to 30 sales a week, and then we've seen that like those crazy run-ups where you see a hundred plus squiggle sales, the, it's looking a little bit thin. I mean, obviously things backfill, but there's 45 sales until a 50% increase, 67 until a 2X, and then 94 to a 3X. Obviously 3X is a lot of money. It's 50 ETH. I'm not suggesting we're going to see that, but I'm just, you know, Squiggles has always had a low amount of listings collection wise. And, and, you know, once you get past a certain point, it's going to, it's going to run. So it's something I'm definitely taking note of. Yeah. Fantastic. I think everybody loves to hear that Squiggles are going to do well. And I think this price action is very telling that the blue chip here, one of the, you know, the arguably the largest gen art collection at least the, the largest one that people uh, really have. Uh, that has a huge market cap is what I'm trying to say. And it is is moved up to a 15 Ether price floor as the bear market continues. So extremely good for Gen Art. I think a great sign there. And I will say CryptoPunks, we don't have data on this, but CryptoPunks have, are really also moving as well. So it feels like people are sniffing out okay it's it's time to go and consolidate really into those things that they want to hold longer term and so it's exciting to see that because i think it's a sign of the market continuing to mature as we get through the cycle let us move on to our gen art news so first story is uh just really just an observation that we've had that there hasn't been that many wrapped ether bids hitting and it is now the 29th of december so anyone who's tax loss harvesting for this year is going to have to sell whatever they want to sell by the end of the weekend. 
it's probably not going to be that much. And it, it, I think it just shows that people really want to keep their gen art. They're not trying to sell at a loss. They would rather hold on to it. And uh, to, to me, that's bullish. Of course, I'm a mega gen art bull and we're doing this podcast. But yeah, what do you think, Jared? I mean, you and I were talking about this. I think the listeners would get a lot from hearing your perspective, especially thinking with the, the fund hat on. So I, I have been ridiculously active in my non-wallet for the fund with Rapties and they aren't hitting. I, I think what you're seeing is reasonable bids are, but none of this ridiculous, like hoping for uh, for crazy, crazy deals. Um, people are holding on to their art and uh, I mean, if you go down this rap teeth path, I would say be be reasonable and you might get a deal. Uh, I mean, I'll call out uh, a gentleman that I really enjoy and we've we've talked a lot, um, El Luchador. You know, he just hit on a really beautiful Meridian for 12 ETH on a rap bid. You know, I think it was listed at like 15. So, you know, you, you might be able to get a 10, 15, 20% discount, but no crazy tax loss harvesting deals that I'm seeing. And if you do see them, please DM me because I'd love to know maybe I'm hunting in the wrong spots. Yeah. And perhaps it is the combination of people really wanting to hold their art and the market being oversold, as they say, right? Everyone who, who has wanted to sell has sold by now. Uh, and uh, they're, you know, they're just more buyers and sellers. And we're still buyers, right? You know, I'm yeah, talking I about think it. That so. there, there's some of the, you know, maybe the newer entrance to like when you bought in the, maybe the first quarter or two of this year but there's also i mean i've lined up a deal that i've sh- i've talked to you about um that this individual is looking to 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 sell after the first because they don't want to take profit because they're in the they're in the green and they don't want to take profits in 2022 which is smart also so i think there's also some long-term holders that are uh you know trying to cap gains and and potentially pivot into to eth for the what we see as a foreseeable run up just in uh, an unknown amount of time Yep, that's fair. So we may even see some activity uh, as the year starts for people who prefer to have that tax event, whether a gain or a loss, to be in the next year. All right. So the next thing, Gen Art News wise, we wanted to talk about was our awards show. So I alluded to this at the beginning of the show. Unfortunately, there was a technical error with our Twitter account and we did not get the recording of the award show, which was just devastatingly painful for me because I was in charge of that. So it's on me, friends. I'm sorry. But we're going to do a little bit of a, a recap here and we'll have a tweet thread that shows off all the art that people chose in their various categories. And so really quickly, our categories were best dynamic art, so art that moves, most innovative collection, best bright moments, best FX hash, best art blocks, non-curated, Best non-art blocks, non-FX hash, non-bright moments. So, uh, you know, third-party, independent, etc. Um, Gen Art, GM Studio. Uh, then best art blocks curated, breakout artist, best long-form generative art collection, and then best artist. So that was, you know, we had 10 categories and uh, myself, Jared, were on stage. We had Blake. We had Von Mises, well-known collector. We had DeFi Staker, friend of the podcast, also well-known collector. And we had uh, Harvey Rayner of Fontana come up and join and, and share a lot of his thoughts too. So we'll post those there, um, but I'll pause here. Jared, 
any takeaways you had from here? And then, you know, I can, I have a list of all the picks. I recorded them all. So I can throw out some themes that we were seeing, but yeah. What, what'd you think of the show and of what people are said and any takeaways you want to share with the, the audience? The show itself I thought was incredibly fun. Uh, it was, it was a great opportunity to look back on 2022 and have an appreciation. I think the categories that you picked out were well representative of the the space and and i think you you brought some categories like the interactive one that was a you know made made people really think about the art a little bit deeper you know the the easy one is like best project best new artist best artist you know those were low-hanging fruit but i think you did a great job Um, you know honestly i had two big takeaways from it the first was the, the amount of love for innovation in the space that QQL brought. Um, you know, I think it was, it was good to reflect on it. You know, the price action for the mint pass hasn't necessarily been the most uh, productive, but I think that, you know, it helped me take pause and, and really reflect on the fact that I think some of the, the, the dynamics that are introduced will, will forever change the space, you know, the, the, the user input on the algorithm, the, um, royalties going in part to the original mentor. There's a, there's some really interesting things that uh, on a long enough timeline could get really interesting. Number two was just the absolute and almost unanimous love for anti-cyclones. I mean, in what Mapan is doing, um, it, it's it's undeniable. You know, I thought in our little echo chamber of Mapan fanboys, you know, it, it's not just uh, our little echo chamber. It was cool to get. A lot of views from different uh, individuals with different perspectives, and it, I mean, it's undeniable that he's done some amazing work in 2022. Yes, a hundred percent. And I appreciate your kind words. Appreciate you helping with putting it all together. And I appreciate all of our speakers for showing up and everybody listening. We we had a lot of fun. We will do a predictions show soon and I will properly promote that. So that'll be a lot of fun too. In terms of my takeaways, two things really, Jared. One is that people are really bullish on the various innovations that we're seeing in gen art. Um, QQL being one, I talked a lot about, uh, what's it called? Excuse me, uh, Soul 365 and this idea of using oracles, essentially getting real world information that feeds into the art. Gazers does this as well. Um, somebody brought up Decagon, I think in Grailers that, you know, it wasn't, you brought up Decagon, sorry. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and then dynamic art is really popular with people more than I thought about it. it, it I just don't think it's it's discussed, at least not in our circles as frequently. People really excited about FX hash as well. So just a, a lot of innovation people are excited about. And the other takeaway is the diversity of art that people are interested in. You know, there was a lot of moments where I was like, oh yeah, that's right. That collection, which I loved. And I just haven't thought about it in a while. And so a lot of great art, a lot of people enthusiastic about it and a lot of new things coming that I think will enhance the collecting experience and probably the artist experience as well. Uh, and and yes, Mapan was a, a clear winner uh, as was anti-cyclone, I think, to to uh, kind of uh, agree with your point there. So a lot of fun, uh, folks listening. Check out the tweet thread. I'll be releasing what everybody said. And uh, like I said, we'll have a prediction show. So we'll we'll get that organized and uh, 
you know, follow us to get word on that. Let's move on. We uh, boogie through some of these. Uh, Jared, we got some great art, great prices. You have a few that you wanted to bring up. Yeah, you, you got three last week, so I'll get three this week and I'll boogie. Uh, the first one is, you know, everybody knows September by T. Boswell, but there's just an absolute amazing one. I don't own any. I'm actually looking at the floor right now. I might go buy four of them. Uh, it's called Sketchbook Splash. It's got a 30 Tez floor right now. It is absolutely beautiful work, in my opinion. Um, and just relative to what September is, it it's... Um, such an affordable price point. It, it's incredible. So that, that's something that I'm I'm keeping an eye on. The The second project is by an artist that I really, really enjoy called Heavy, H-E-V-E-Y. It's a 512-piece project called Trasidoc. Full disclosure, I own a, a, quite a bit of these. Right now it has a 28 Tez floor. But I just find these like super, super engaging. And, you know, it was released in October October and looking at the chart on it, the floors had a steady rise. You know, it feels like it's um, it's beautiful art. Low entry point feels like it's um, a, a good good project for potential, especially when some of his other projects are selling for you know hundreds of tes. And I, I think this one we talked about it before. I remember when it came out. I think you highlighted. Yeah, yeah. No, this was one that I had on the radar, um, and we did mention it in upcoming releases and. When it went, I mean, I, I bought some pre-review, I bought some post-review. I, I, I just really, really enjoy the art. And I feel like this is one that, especially on a large format, could do well. The last one, you know, your, your love later on for boxes got me thinking about, um, you know, common themes. And, and one of them was flow field. So code underscore RGB, head of July release of 512 pieces called Zephyr. Again, I own a couple of these, but this one... There's some really amazing outputs for like single digit Tez. You could get really beautiful pieces. Right now it has a three. Yes, you heard me. Three ETH floor. I mean, that's literally two bucks. Just three Tez. Well, no, it's like, it's literally $2 is the three, three Tez. Like it's insane. So you, you know, it, it just, again, it, it's a flow field. It's definitely, you know, something that's in there, but for anybody who's looking to get entry points, I don't think that this one will ever have like a crazy meteoric run per se, but I mean, you're talking about great art at great prices. You can't beat it at three Tez. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, these are really cool. Actually. I, I'm glad you brought it up in three Tez is uh, to your point. You just don't see art, certainly not in the Ethereum side, but for that cheap. And so to, to have that feels liberating in that, you can just kind of pick what you like. I should have said I I own uh, you know three or four of these also. But as I was scrolling through the collection a couple of days ago, you know I noticed Trill's name coming up a ton. Obviously a very well known, very prominent collector, and you know who knows what what the future holds for it. That's true. That's true. Uh, certainly. Well, awesome picks, man. I really like. I hadn't seen a, a lot of these, so I appreciate you pointing these out. And I will actually start with boxes. As you know, I we were talking about this. We were texting about it. Uh, I really like this collection. So it's boxes by Irfan Hoseni. And uh, it, it gives me archetype vibes. Uh, and, and obviously, it, it kind of like employs a sing, uh, like a geometric partitioning algorithm that's similar to archetypes. But I love the colors here. I love the variety. I think they're beautiful. 
you know, I, I never really had the chance to collect archetype. They were too expensive for me by the time I got into gen art. And it feels like a way that I can collect this aesthetic. And this dovetails a little bit into what you were saying earlier, which, you know, we, we should probably talk about this in one of our spaces. I think it's like uh, we could have a long conversation about this, about, you know, when, when you do have a, a, a aesthetic that is defined by a collection so strongly the way that Fidenza defines flow fields and, and really mastered that. And you could argue the same about this rectangular partitioning and archetype. You know, how much of that aesthetic should be out there? Or, you know, Zankan and plotters for trees and, and nature and, and foliage. And, and so it's an interesting question that there's probably no real answer to, but I think uh, this gave me those vibes and it really allowed me to collect that aesthetic, which I was excited about. And that, you know, right now, like a 47 Tezos floor, it's it's quite affordable still. And so I wanted to highlight that one because I enjoyed it a lot. And, and obviously I, I own that based on what I'm telling you right here. Uh, and the next one I wanted to highlight is uh, called Quantum Places Lost in Time. So this is this is interesting, Jared, because it's also a trend of this uh, traditional realism, as Harvey calls it, or essentially we're, we're seeing a lot of generative art that is mimicking traditional art and looks realistic as if it's uh, drawn by by brush strokes. And there's a lot of this stuff coming out on FX hash and we'll probably highlight a few more in the newsletter. And, and these are usually limited collections, 200, 250, and they're beautiful art, uh, and, but they're more like art than collectibles in, in my opinion. And this is one that I really enjoyed. And of course, full disclosure, I own one of these, but the floor is currently 140 Tezos. It's beautiful The and the charts look great. And, you know, like I said, there's, there's a bunch of the stuff on FX hash right now that I think is really a great price. Um, some promising, I think, investment opportunities and also just beautiful art. Went on a, a little bit of a riff there. Let's talk about some upcoming drops. You you had a couple here that you had identified. Yeah, so for the holidays, a lot of people have shut down. We're kind of in that lull period, but between now and the, the next market release, uh, there's two that I wanted to make note of. One, the Dutch auction for Vellum on Bright Moments will be occurring on the 5th of January, 2023. And then the the other one is the Beer Von Gier, uh release on Art Blocks, which will be on 1-4. So that's the next curated, the first of 2023. Uh, still haven't dove into it. Maybe I'll, I'll do it here shortly. But again, just, just a quick reminder that there's not a lot of action. You know, enjoy the holidays. And also, you know, when the new year ticks over, get uh, get those cold storage wallets ready. Yes, yes, that's right. There'll be some some cool stuff coming out. And I, you know, I saw some outputs for the beer van gear drop. They look quite good. Uh, I think I saw it on Twitter. We'll we'll link to them, but they were showing some of them. There's quite a bit of variety and really interesting inter interactivity and, and motion in these, as we had talked about last time. So I'm excited to see what those outputs look like and where it ends up minting out at. So coming out in uh, about six days, a little less than six days. Let's go on to some artists to highlight. I had a couple here. Uh, the first that I wanted to highlight is Martin Grosser. So Martin Grosser recently had the project uh, Love, which is a like, tennis.art project. Uh, and, and that was really cool. They used actual data from a, a tennis tournament. And uh, Martin had a, a, a fantastic uh, range of the shots with really beautiful, colorful art and, and the aesthetic that he's known for. Uh, this minimalist aesthetic. So um, I, I love that. And he also has an art blocks project called Squares that is a favorite. Uh, another project that is really, you know, uh, not done justice by the, uh, well, actually, I don't think there's too much uh, motion there in Squares, but uh, Squares is is quite popular and 
pulling it up right now, 2.8 for Ether Floor and some beautiful art there. So I, I really like his art and uh, a lot of really well-known collectors are big fans of Martin Grosser and I'm, I'm curious to see more of what comes from him. So I think it's somebody that folks should have on their radar. And the second artist I wanted to highlight, I can't even say their name. Um, so I will spell it for you is E-R-T-D-F-G cvb um but on twitter they're andres geisen so I'm, I'm thinking their name is andres but uh they they had a recent collection on fx hash that i found really interesting i've been really getting into this art more lately jared so it's sort of like ascii art really colorful oftentimes it has um, a lot of motion to it uh and uh you know the monogrids kim Asendorf art is like that and i don't know i'm just i'm just starting to enjoy it so this artist only has two collections um one of them is called device one that has a 300 tes floor right now and then the other collection is called <clears throat> excuse me towers which is uh, another really cool collection there at a 650 tes floor so limited art interesting aesthetic kind of a little bit of folio vibes a little more techie but i wanted to highlight Math them. castle vibes yeah, Math Castle vibes. That's actually right, hundred uh, percent. So, those are two artists to highlight. Let's uh, let's go into our final segment, art to watch. Um, you had some chart updates. Maybe we can kick it off with those, Jared. Yeah, the the there was obviously we touched on squiggles earlier. I think that the it's something to watch the price action. It's pretty thin, even at fifteen. I think it could go to sixteen really quickly. But there's there's two that I really wanted to dig into. A little bit right now which was automatism it seems to be bouncing off of uh there's really good support at 2k usd so as i'm staring at the chart it just seems to keep bouncing off of that if you have an entry point there there may be something to look for especially going into the end of the year with wrapped ETH and looking to pick up an automatism there's just really really strong support historically since literally since june of of support here so something to watch if you're in the market for that and then the other thing that uh i'm really following i know it's a um, something that's top of mind for you but the the front the front bracelet chart right now is looking ridiculously juicy in terms of usd so you know we full disclosure we both have pretty substantial bags on this but you know, it's got the attention of a lot of people. It's being, it has a narrative of, of being the art blocks token, quote unquote, not my words. And uh, I think as you're going into the the close of the mint here pretty soon, I think that you you could see a run up. You're, you're kind of in the charts are at least showing me that there's some pent up demand in people uh, who could potentially unleash, um, you know, a lot of buying in the, the coming weeks. You know, the... Just right now, looking at the chart, only 286 sales for a 50% increase to get you to 0.45. So I know that sounds like a lot, but I mean, we've seen we've seen that done in a, a day or two, uh, even just recently in the last week. So uh, something I'm keeping an eye on. Yeah. And I would say, you know, friendship bracelets, the mint stays open until January 10th. And th there have been mints coming out. In fact, last week, you and I were talking about it. There were quite a few coming out every day. And that seems to have slowed down a bit. I think we're looking at closer to 100 or two new ones coming out every day. And, and that floor is maintaining, if not rising. So I think that once we no longer have inflation of that supply, this it, it could really pop, um, especially as that is, of course, going to coincide with when the minting closes. So 
we'll uh, we'll see. It'll be an interesting early January for friendship bracelets. And, yeah, an interesting uh, dynamic. I mean, they're going to do roughly, you know, even less than half of what the theoretical maximum would be. So, I mean, that's there, there's a there's a, there's a lot going for this project. For sure, absolutely. Well, thank you. That's awesome. We should do that more. Get some charts. For my art to watch, I'll go quickly since uh, we are about at time. I mentioned just really quickly Martin Grosser, both his love collection, that tennis art collection, and then squares are art to watch. I think, again, uh, there's he's got a bright future. Really interested to see what he comes out with and, and how that affects his earlier collections that are well-liked, but perhaps don't always get attention. So those are two there. The second one I want to talk about, or really the third one, is called Eternal Harmony. And I don't know if you've seen this, Jared, but so it's it's on Ethereum. It is a collection of ever-changing generative paintings composed of watercolor and oil pastel elements. And it's created by someone named Proportio. And so really cool art. There are 250 of these. Floor price is 2.6 Ether. People have been really interested in them. And the art is just constantly changing. And and, and then it's it's really cool. And so uh, this has just kind of captivated my attention. I have no idea how it's going to do from an investment standpoint, if you're thinking of it that way, but it just is uh, really cool. So I thought I'd point that out. And the last one that I wanted to point out is a collection that, uh, you know, there's an artist called Lisa Orth on FX Hash, and uh, they have a collection called Ether Astral Loom. There are 204 of these. The floor is 500 Tezos. So I guess uh, with the Tezos price, it, it hits our criteria for great art at great prices. But these are really cool, really nice. And uh, it's it's another one where you look at the stats and you look at the chart. The floor price has just been essentially straight up uh, beautiful art. Wish I had picked these up when they were sitting around the 50 Tez. But, you know, it's, it's a cool project. So I wanted to, to highlight that one. It's just another fun one for people to keep an eye on. And yeah, almost no supply listed for this one. It's crazy. Yeah, it's beautiful. You know, it's like kind of in that traditional realism style of, of really beautiful art. So that is it, our friends. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cornering the Market. We appreciate you. This is our last episode of 2022. It's been a crazy ride. We appreciate all the support, all the love, and uh, everybody just giving us your time we're we're honored that you find us what we're doing here worthy of it and are thankful to be on this journey with you like it's such an exciting time in the gen art space despite all the gloom and doom and and how bad it could be yeah you stole my words man thank you for for hopping on this journey with us we're always open to feedback and improvement so uh some of you aren't bashful please keep that coming we're we're really committed to advancing not only gen art but uh, bringing more and more value to the listenership every single time. So thank you one and all. Um, We're truly humbled by how much uh, you have embraced Collector's Corner and P&I. Well said. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week.
Thank you for tuning into Collector's Corner. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen. If you like this episode and want to help us out, please subscribe and leave us a review on your podcasting platform of choice like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow us on YouTube. Please also follow us on Twitter for announcements as we expand to other social and content platforms. Our Twitter handle is at collectors underscore XYZ. We'd also love to hear any feedback you have. So please comment or reach out. We're always striving to be more useful and get better so we can help you in your collecting journey. The Collector's Corner team and their guests are not registered investment advisors. All views expressed on this podcast are personal opinions and are not specific inducements to make particular investments or investment strategies and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. This show is solely for informational and entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, please consult a professional.